Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good week. And, you know, it's the weekend. Uh, time to hopefully get some sun. I'm not sure if it's going to be sunny, <laughs> but I hope it is um, for all our sakes. And I hope that lockdown, um, you know, you're getting through it. Um, in the last episode, I spoke about the many harms that engaging in any form of dieting can have, um, but I wanted to go into one of the side effects in particular, and that is the drive to binge. Are you someone who just can't trust themselves around food? If a quote-unquote bad food is put in front of you, do you just have to devour the whole thing in two seconds because you can't keep it around the house? And if it is around the house, is it just always at the forefront of your mind? Do you feel like you have a food obsession or food addiction? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not a thing. And the most terrific part is diet culture is putting you in this position, but it then makes you feel like you're the one to blame. Mm, interesting. So there is a popular concept called the restriction pendulum, and it's your body's natural reaction to deprivation. So when the pendulum swings over to the side of restriction, and you know, that's the side that, woo, diet culture is really congratulating you there on your success. Um, you're doing really good things for your body, apparently. And then inevitably, there's going to be a swing back in the other direction because your body perceives restriction as dangerous. So to your body, diets, you know, anything, a lifestyle change, an eating plan, or, you know, whatever you're calling it, it feels like starvation. And even the most seemingly quote-unquote gentle diet is a swing of the pendulum over to the side of restriction. So when that happens, your body's natural response is to have the pendulum swing over to the, to the other side to eating a lot. And you're feeling out of control with food and it might end up in you know, you might end up having a binge. So the example of a pendulum I think is helpful because, you know, you, if you imagine it, it can't just stop in the middle when it's been pulled over to one side. It has to swing the opposite direction with equal force. And I'm sure so many of you can relate to this experience of restricting in some shape or form, whether it be, you know, quote unquote, bad foods or, or energy in general, and then just losing it and eating until you're so uncomfortably full. I know that I've definitely experienced this. So we spoke about this in episode four of weight regulation, and it's when, you know, when you're restricted or deprived of food, your body turns up the food-seeking signals because it wants you to live. So imagine a time where, you know, you're hungry, but you, you leave it, you leave it, you leave it, um, and you're just trying to get to the next meal, or, you know, you're just leaving hunger because you don't want to eat, because you you want to lose weight, maybe, you know. But once you get to a point of that extreme hunger, your body is literally going to drive you to eat a tremendous amount of food, suppressing your fullness senses at the same time. And, you know, when you're so desperate for energy, your body is going to just literally, it's going to drive you to eat anything, anything in sight. And it's usually going to be things that are high in sugar and fat, which again, right, these foods aren't bad at all. But at this moment, you are feeling completely out of control. 
This is your body taking care of you. It doesn't want you to starve. I mean, we'd all be dead by now if, if, if our bodies let us just waste away. Your body is not misleading you or untrustworthy. You need to let go of food restriction and even mental food restriction. So yes, your mind just telling you that food is off limits is some sort of restriction that your body can detect. Of course, you know, this is a gradual process. You you probably won't be able to switch off your food rules and desire to resist hunger overnight. But of course, edging away from this way of thinking is really going to help you regain trust in your body. I think another interesting point is that Sensual pleasure is our biological reward for taking care of ourselves. So when you eat what you want and allow yourself to truly, you know, experience the pleasure, you will feel satisfaction, you'll be content, and this allows you to stop eating when you feel full. Eating pleasurable food when you have a physical drive to eat will not trigger consistent overeating in intuitive eaters. Unfortunately, I mean... If, if you are someone with a diet mentality and you've got all these food rules, um, you might experience a lot of guilt around these foods and it's, it feels sort of like a reflex. You just feel guilt around quote-unquote bad foods. But this can stop you from therefore enjoying the food and then there's no satisfaction signal saying, okay, that's enough. So, I mean, so tricky, so complex, all of these things. Um we will definitely talk, of course, about intuitive eating in you know future episodes. After the break, I speak to an amazing and such a close friend of mine, Tara Hillier, who has very much experienced this restrict binge cycle and I guess the feeling of being um, quote-unquote addicted to food. She is still trying to resist and push back against, I guess, her own diet mentality um, and I think is in a constant uh, tug-of-war with body image to this day. I really do hope you enjoy this insightful chat, um, but I do want to, uh, I guess, do a brief trigger warning. We do discuss eating disorder behavior quite a bit in this conversation. Uh, We'll be back in a second. Sorry, it is 9 p.m. at night. We've lost the plot already. Like, I can't even. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm so dead. Tell me tell me what you've been doing today. Today I've been prepping for one of my big assignments coming up in a few days. It's mm. a photo shoot that I have to style the hair and makeup for three different looks, three different models. So I'm just... Yeah. Prepping for that. Nice. So Tara's currently studying makeup and special effects makeup at NIDA in Sydney. So uh, very, very, very busy girl. And this is why we're doing it at 9pm on a Saturday night. You know, (laughs) you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick your times and this was it for us. So. Okay. You into my schedule. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What a (laughs) gift. What a gift. Um, Yes. Okay, so this episode is all about, uh, I guess, the 
like restriction binge cycle and what we might perceive it as being like a food addiction. And I feel like we have gone through a lot of diet culture experiences together. Mm. Um, Yes. We've been, you know, we're at school together. Yeah. And we were definitely close in that way. So we know a lot about each other in that respect, but um, yeah, you definitely have a side of the story that I think, a lot of people should know. Um, mm. Yeah, just just coming from a place where yes, you've you, you've experienced diet culture, but it's also something that you push back against still to this day. Yeah, definitely. Um, so again, the the place that I like to start is you know how is your relationship with food growing up? Well, I would say up until probably 13, 14, like high school, my relationship with food was great. There Mm. was no issues. I ate everything and anything. I loved food from an early age. I got so excited to try new things. I was excited for dinner. I was excited for breakfast. I just loved food. I never thought about it being good or bad, like associating Mm what food was good and what food was bad. I just ate whatever was given in front of me and that was it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then it was probably uh, high school when my body issues started to come in, like my body image issues, and that's when my relationship with food started to change, diet culture started to kick in and, yeah, just got really bad it went downhill from there and it's still something that isn't like it's still something that I probably struggle with more than I'd like to now Mm. like it's still I'm still not where I want to be yeah um but no yeah it's it's better but yeah my relationship with food growing up was good and bad yeah yeah and I mean like for me I've discussed that my first like body image issues were like very young like eight nine years old was that the same for you or was it definitely more like high school that it kicked in no I would say yeah probably around about the same age I remember specifically being in grade four so Mm, about like 10 9 10 yeah yeah um just sitting down in class and noticing that my legs looked really big compared to other people. Yeah. And I would sit like sitting down cross-legged and just looking at my calves and looking at my thighs and then looking Mm. at the girls and the boys around me being like, what is this normal? Why, why are my legs so big? Mm -hmm. And I suddenly felt so self-conscious and so aware of my body at that age being like, Oh God, maybe I am. Am I fat? Like, Mm. is there something wrong? Why, why is my body like this? Why do my legs not look like her legs? I have such, my calves are so big. She's so slim. Yeah. And yeah, probably ever since then. And then it just got really bad. Yeah. Um, in high school, obviously when, puberty hit the joys of puberty um joy (laughs) absolute joy when obviously naturally 
um, you just start to get bigger. Things start yeah. to grow. Your body yeah. starts to grow. Your hips and puppy fat, whatever you want to call it. I, yeah, about 13, I was just felt so disgusted with my body yeah. basically. Like I had always from that moment in primary school been very aware specifically of my legs mm. and why I felt more muscular than a lot of people like my body I had just big like a muscular build yeah like not compared to the, like the thin ideal know. like just like the, the thin slim, ideal slim. yeah just the slim yeah like women or females that you see in tv and in magazines mm. like they were all so slim and I just was like that's not me why don't I look like that why yeah. am I so chunky and yeah so it just yeah and I remember like in the previous episode I spoke about how I um I I definitely got body image issues but I never could pinpoint like what it was that made me feel like I looked different or not like the ideal, like there was something wrong. Mm. Like, and I was thinking, what was it? Because social media wasn't around, like, you know, what could have been? Yeah. And it could have it could have only been TV, movies, just like the portrayal of bigger and and thinner must have seeped in. And that is like yeah. crazy to me. Like I was just watching TV I know, for some reason. We didn't have social media. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. I I I think that's true. I'm like, what, what was it that made me think that I was big? Like we, and I just, um, it must've been magazines and just TV shows. Mm. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, in terms of like, I want to ask, what is it that makes mm. you fear weight gain? And being at a higher weight like what yeah what is scary or what is mm. I guess because there there must be an issue with being you know at a higher weight which obviously there is in society but what is it for you yeah it's a tough one because I don't even know growing up what my fear was I think I just, I viewed myself as so much bigger than what I really was. That's probably the mm. body dysmorphia talking. Like I felt so uncomfortable and so when I look, I couldn't bear to look at myself in the mirror. Like I felt yeah. genuinely disgusted. I hated every inch of my body and I mm. thought I, if I get any bigger than this, how the hell will anyone be able to look at me? Like... I was so afraid I couldn't look at myself in the mirror at that point. I was so afraid to get any bigger. Like, yeah, I was like, what, what the hell, how am I supposed to live if I get any bigger than this? Mm. It wasn't so much. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was, I didn't really care whether like, guys would like me I think yeah. it was just more it was just so much what how I viewed myself because I yes. never look at other people never ever look at other people and think mm. oh my god like oh 
she's big there, whatever. Like I, I genuinely look at everyone else and think, oh, my God, she's so gorgeous. Look at her smile. Look at her eyes. Yeah. Look at her outfit. Look how confident she is. Look at her yeah. hair. Look, like, I never judge anyone, but for some reason on myself, I can see a thousand things that I want to change and I hate. Yeah. And that's still still something that I massively struggle with. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was, yeah, terrible in high school. And I mm. obviously, like, it's something that I didn't ever express out loud to anyone. Mm. Like, I kept all of this very internal. Like, never mm. spoke to my parents about it. Didn't really, like, what was I going to say to my friends? Like, well, I think I'm fat. And, of course, everyone goes, no, you're not. You're fine. I Which know. is, like, the worst it's, thing you can yeah. say to me because it's, like, it, it you just don't believe it more. No, you think I we're lying. Any of it, yeah. I remember. I oh. remember. We were literally in this conversation. Like, y- you are definitely your own worst critic in that you set yourself like a the highest standard I've ever seen because you don't put that standard on anyone else around you like it's not like you're thinking to yourself oh well, oh my god she looks like that or oh my god like oof, like that's not attractive yeah you, like that's never been your your thing you've you've literally just yeah it's just all on you yeah it's so annoying <laughs> I do it with everything in my life like I'm such a perfectionist with my work yes. with just oh my gosh Perfectionism, and absolutely. Perfectionism, yes. Yeah. Big one, big so, one. So, yeah, sorry, to go back to the question. I think um, <laughs> I just rambled. Um, <laughs> uh, how I, what my fear of gaining weight is now. Yeah. I wouldn't so much say I have a fear of it. I, I've never actually honestly like weighed myself every day yeah I've done the whole thing I haven't weighed myself probably in like seven eight years like I cannot tell you how much I weigh because I know deep down that weight is not a reflection of your yeah. health there are so many factors that come into what the scale says so I'm kind of glad that I never fell into that trap of weighing myself I yeah. don't really care if I gain weight necessarily it's more like how are my clothes going to fit yeah. Am I going to be able to look at myself in the mirror? Like it's such a struggle now to even do that. Mm. Yeah. Because I already see it like it's too big for me. I mean, I know it's not, I know I'm not being not. No, I know, but this is the real struggle. Yeah. This is where it gets really tricky. Um, you are considered like, and this could even trigger you, right? You are considered quote unquote in the thin ideal, but you do not like, yes, you do not believe that you are completely like in disbelief when, when that's said. Um, so we'll just say in a smaller body and, (laughs) and, and, but yet, yeah, it's, it's, it's too big. And that's a real, like, that is where we're getting in trouble. Like, we, yeah. the weight stigma, the fear of gaining weight, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's definitely bad for um, those in larger bodies. It's like horrific because it's a more of a systemic, um, like, you know, systemic bias. But then with thinner people, you're getting this like just, in, it's, it's still just as debilitating. 
So that's the problem. Literally. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a struggle. <laughs> in, in high school, so w- when did you think, like, diet culture really started to come into play, like wanting to restrict food, um, mm. exercise? When was that? Honestly, it probably, like, I remember in year eight, um, I don't know where I must have got this information from, but I probably read it in some Dolly magazine being oh like, my this God. is Bloody Dolly. in a day. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dolly. my heart is swear. Yes. I'll put it out. explicit. <laughs> this is not a clean up. <laughs> oh, God. In year eight, um, I was like, like in the peak of hating my body. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I had acne and greasy hair and everything. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make a change. Mm. I'm going to restrict my food. Mm-hmm. So I would bring a little tub of sunflower seeds and that's all I would eat for recess, mm. like maybe like 10 sunflower seeds. Yeah. And then um, lunchtime I had all, like spinach leaves and like a few cherry tomatoes disgusting oh, god i was absolutely <laughs> ravenous by the end of the day yeah i would walk past the milk bar and just buy um like any whatever thing i could find chocolate yeah um, those like coffee scrolls sour straps anything that was sugary mm-hmm. and sweet because i was so hungry hadn't eaten throughout the day and i reckon that's probably when the whole binging yeah restricting cycle started yeah ever since then um associating food as good or bad and then restricting on all the foods that I thought were bad yeah and then obviously that doesn't last so then binging and it was a cycle probably up until now still yeah 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 um did you think that it was your fault at the time, like that you were to blame for wanting to binge and not being able to control yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, you, why you shouldn't be craving these things. Come on. Like you're better than this. Mm. Like you, you need to look like you are too overweight for your body. Like Mm -hmm. this doesn't look good on you, Tara. You, you can't look at yourself in the mirror. Come on you need to change this. Yeah. So I would put again that pressure on myself that I have to, mm, have to eat clean. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't eat healthy, if I don't eat salads only. Yeah. Then I need to punish myself. Yeah. And that would usually be eating anything and everything inside. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly what I discussed in the, in the recording part of this, how basically, you know, we've got, it's called like the restriction pendulum where basically if you swing to the side of restriction, it's going to swing right back in full force to the um, desire to eat a lot. And it's literally a biological mechanism. It's yeah. It's, it's crazy to me that diet culture says, yeah, yeah, do this, do this. um, But you're, you're to blame (laughs) if you, if yeah. you fail and it's literally setting you up to fail that's all it's doing oh god so I'm, so bad it's so bad it's so bad and I just like what who gave you the idea to 
diet? Was it just you or did you read it somewhere? Like, I mean, it was Dolly, but like. Uh, yeah, probably me and maybe a bit like my mom's a bit of a dieter. Yeah. And I think, you know, she would never say to me to diet. She always thinks I'm being ridiculous whenever I mention anything mm. about my weight or how I look. She's like, Tari's so stupid. You're fine. You're fine. But then I'd always see her trying this yeah. diet, that diet. She's just eating. I remember for one week all she ate was eggs and like turkey. And I was like, oh, my God, is that yeah. what I need to do to lose weight? And I always looked at my mum as being so much thinner than I was. Like right. I would look at her and be like, what the hell? She, why is she going on a diet when she's so thin? That means I, I have to as well. Like yeah, if she's dieting, looking like that, what the hell am I doing? I need to get on it. Yeah. Like, it was oh. like a, it's very normalised because – I mean, yeah, your your mum was right in saying like, oh, you, you like you don't need to do that, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience, I I don't think anyone had like no one told me not to do it. Yeah, like it was always like, oh yeah, that could be good. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, you do that, like, and I'm just right. like, mm, what? That- <laughs> <laughs> um, and and with that, did you did you find weight? fluctuate at all or were you honestly I felt like my weight has been the exact same like yeah I have never noticed a massive increase or decrease in my weight Mm -hmm. maybe I and I couldn't tell you because I never weighed myself so I can't be sure but I mean yeah clothes may have fitted like may not have fitted me which meant that oh I must have been losing weight but no, I not by extreme photos as well. Yeah, yeah. I reckon I've been pretty much the same for a long, yeah. long time. Which just given all this, yeah, yeah. Given that you've you have dieted, you've restricted, binged. I mean, yeah. I, I we don't know what that meant in terms of like calorie deficit or whatever, but yeah, like your body has. It's good. It's a good thing because it means that your body is like you know. It's one of the best. It's trying to survive and it will survive. Yeah. Obviously the people that um, maybe can lose weight quicker but also lose mm. a lot of weight, their body's struggling. Their, their body's struggling to keep them alive and basically fight yeah. off the starvation. Like, yeah, it's it's really weird. But also it just speaks again how not everyone loses a lot of weight if you no. diet. And and we were both exercising at one point a lot. Oh my gosh! Right, it, and that a kills lot. me. Like that, I put myself through that. That we right? would go every day after school mm-hmm. through all mm-hmm. year ten. I and I'm oh. like, my did my body change? I don't think so. Maybe I got fitter. I was able to run. Yes, the fun right. run. I could yeah. do the three oh, kilometers. That was the only good thing that happened <laughs> from that because that was terrible. God. Exactly. Otherwise. But apart from that, yeah. Yeah. Not, no significant change. But even for me too, really, no significant change. And I yeah. also spoke about that in the last episode, how exercise has been said that it's like this, you know, great weight loss, you know, technique. But really – there's been a lot of evidence to say that it's not, it's mm, not. No. 
So let's just do it for health and do it like in a fun way and not die about exercising. Like Exactly. That's one thing I'm so, yeah, (laughs) I'm so glad. Like now I'm proud of myself for getting to the point where I don't use exercise as a form of punishment. Now it's purely like a way, like I generally feel so good when I just move my body 30 minutes a day, just going for a walk. Yeah. Like it's so good mentally, physically. Uh, if I feel like it, sometimes I do a little workout in my room. I put yeah. on a YouTube video just to like move around. Yeah. I love doing Pilates at the moment. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not, whereas I think, you know, in high school oh. we were going to the gym. I, I particularly was wanting to go to the gym for the sole purpose yeah. of Weight loss. Losing weight. Look, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Losing weight, getting fit, getting toned. Oh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Kills me now, honestly. I know. What happened what the there? Hell? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, you've had a lot of experience with feeling guilt, the psychological mm. effects of basically like restricting and and then having the binge and then not wanting to eat the next day or, um, you know, wanting to only have like clean food the next day. Yeah. How like debilitating has that been for you? Oh my God. It's the actual worst, like to the point where, after binging like all I wanted to do was die because the guilt was Mm. so bad like I genuinely would go to bed so full Mm. so guilty that I was like please I don't want to wake up like I would just like fall asleep Mm. being like I don't want to wake up I don't want I can't I don't want to live anymore like what did I just do to myself yeah it was oh horrendous and then obviously the next day would come I'd wake up and I'd be like all right time to get back on track Mm -hmm. and it was either when I was younger it was either not eating at all I remember after one of our gatherings that we had um and (laughs) we basically (laughs) would eat like tons of food which was for for us in particular I feel like we Mm. can definitely say it was because they were off-limits foods right yes exactly because I would never eat that yes on a normal day yes I never allowed myself to eat that yeah so we would get to these sleepovers and I'll be like munching down on everything had about 12 Tim Tams (sighs) half a punnet of ice cream I'd wake up and finish off the sour straps like and then, yep. yeah, I remember one one day I got home and I was like, right, I'm not eating today because I mm. need to punish myself for what I've just done. Like I have just eaten more calories than I would ever need. Yeah. <sighs> and that was bad. And then obviously I'd be so freaking hungry by the next day. Yeah. And then eat way more than what I needed yeah. to but then, yeah, as I got older, I knew that rest, like not eating at all was worse because the next day after that I would be binge so again. hungry and yeah. start the binge cycle. Yeah. So I was like, no, that's probably when the clean eating yeah. whole thing started to take place. I would be like, right, 
absolutely no like junk food. Yeah. No chocolate, no processed food, absolutely nothing. You're only eating vegetables and fruit yeah. for the next week to yeah. cleanse your body and yes. rid yourself of what you've just done. And like eating just vegetables and fruits is damaging. Like it's mm. damaging to our health. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we've learned that that is a normal way to think to demonize quote unquote, we're always, you know, quote unquote junk food. We're always talking quote unquote, by the way. Yeah. Junk yeah, food, yeah, yes, quote yes. unquote bad it's food. It's not junk food. Yes, it's, it's not. not. It's food. just food. But for this purpose, <laughs> yes, we've completely demonized it for some reason. I think it's because, you know, everyone seems to think that, you know, their body is not trustworthy. It's misleading us. We're all just getting bigger mm. and yada, yada. And then, and then completely idealizing these like foods, like vegetables, fruit, um, oh God, I don't even know, quinoa, like yeah, vegan, like I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. like, at the end of the day, you know, I love this example. If you were stranded on a desert island, what would you choose to nourish your body? I would be mm. choosing a, a bloody burger. <laughs> I'd be like, give oh me my God, burger. Give me all the bread. Literally I give need me the bread. Give me the peanut butter. <laughs> So it's just like nuts to me, like this. Yeah. It's yeah. Really. It's our eating behavior has shifted from one of restriction. And because that's Mm. come out as literally everyone knowing that that doesn't help you and that it, it can put you in a worse position to something more hidden, like clean eating, the wellness diet, yada yada and I'm like oh god it just keeps changing so how do we keep up yes the next one do you know the next one what it will be I'm calling it already it's already happening oh no the one where you just eat whatever you want and work out a ton and somehow lose weight I don't know it's gonna so triggered it's gonna happen and that that's because the also the body type the ideal body type is changed. Well, it's changed and is still changing into a more muscular, um, lean, fit mm. body type. And that was different yeah. to when you were young. Like you said that yeah. you felt different because you had more of that frame and the people that you were looking at were thin, like thin, thin. Yes. Right? So like it's already changed. Slim. <laughs> yes. I know. So it's just going to change again. <laughs> And again, and again, and again. So how do we keep up? We can't. We can't. And we shouldn't (laughs) have to. Like. No. Do you think that, do you think, this is a question that I actually thought up like right before and it was, um, you you know, you're, you're, you're doing makeup, you're doing, you know, you, you are a very visual person and you are very like a perfectionist in terms of how, you like things to be visually pleasing. Do you think that plays Mm. a role in how you perceive yourself? Yeah, definitely. I'd say Yeah, because I'm such a perfectionist and I've noticed a lot since being here doing this course, I'm constantly looking at myself in the mirror. The other day I was like seriously contemplating getting lip fillers. I've never, ever been insecure about my lips. (laughs) I just look look at myself in the mirror and all I can stare about is my thin upper lip. I'm like, oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, 
I would say. Yes. <laughs> you, it, you're nitpicking it's because you are doing yeah. the makeup on other people. To, you are literally making other people look visually pleasing in some way, like whether, whether yeah. it be through special yeah. effects, whatever, but it's visually pleasing, right? So, of course, you're going to mm. take that and you're going to apply it to yourself even mm-hmm. more than what has already, you know, yeah. been. I Definitely. don't know. No, I'm always, I've always, yeah, looked at myself and been like, this isn't good enough, you know, like I need to, I don't know why I need to be perfect. I don't yeah. know. It's just like it, it's this stupid thing in my brain where it's like my arms and my legs, everything's so out of proportion. And again, down to that perfectionism, like it just doesn't, I feel like it just doesn't look right on my body. Like something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think, I mean, this is going to be a tough question, but how do you Mm. think (laughs) like you can move forward or like just continue to resist that, you know, diet culture, whatever the, the, the ideal body, like, how do you think that you will be able to move forward? Well, I was thinking about this a lot the other day when I felt like I'd gone back to square one. Mm. Cause when I, as you know, I did went and see a psychologist and mm. dietitian about this a couple of years ago when it was just getting too much. And I thought I cannot live my life like this anymore. Yeah. Like I can't, I'm so sick of feeling guilty after eating anything Yeah. to the point where I was binging, like in the hopes that I would throw up. I don't want to say yeah. anything triggering, but you know, like I yeah. was intentionally trying to make myself be mm. sick and I'd never done that before. I was just eating for the sake mm. of eating. Mm. Whereas that at that point I was eating to throw up. Yeah. And I was like, nah, this, this is too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you need help, Tara. Like you need to go see someone. Yeah. And so obviously I did and they really helped put things into perspective and the dietitian was amazing and honestly mm. changed so much mm. about how I felt and thought about food. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the other day I was thinking like when it felt like I was going back into those ways, mm. I was like, oh, gosh, maybe it is time that I start to talk to someone again about it Mm. because I think the root of my issues really comes down to body image and I think I do have like I'm still struggling with body dysmorphia I don't know how to genuinely look at myself and Mm. be happy yeah like there's always something wrong there's always something that I can't I can't deal with yeah so to yeah, moving forward, I really think that I need to see someone to help me with that because I yeah. think that would help with my relationship with food. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely improved. Like I'm eating way more of the foods that I'd never allowed to eat mm. growing up. Mm. Like I'm having chocolate pretty much every day and I would yeah. never allow myself to do yeah. that purely yeah. because I just love it. It's like when I come home, I have dinner yes. and I have that chocolate after as my love dessert. That. It's just the best. It is yes. the best. And yes. It's, and it's so good. But um, I've definitely noticed when I've 
been getting stressed and overwhelmed. I'm yeah. starting to eat a lot more food. Even if I'm not hungry, I'm just eating as a way to distract myself. And because yeah. I'm like, I love food and it brings like all these endorphins. Yeah. Just yeah, it makes you happy eating. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I start to eat just to hope that the stress goes away and mm. then it will, I'll start to feel happy and calm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I need other things to do other than eat <laughs> to help mm. with my stress. Yeah. And that's what I think seeing someone will hopefully be able to tell me and move forward yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, you know, it's always a good start. And, you know, there's like specific people who do body image counseling, which is yeah. probably more geared to, you know, what you're looking for. Because, yeah, at mm. the end of the day, that's the root of why you would restrict and why you have a bad relationship with food. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's the body stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, that would be a good idea. And, yeah. yeah. Yes. I just want to get to a point, you know, where it's like background still at the noise back of my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's like just I, like I'm eating these foods, but then the thoughts start to trickle in about, oh, you yeah. shouldn't be eating that. You yeah. might have to go for a run tomorrow. You mm-hmm. might have to eat only clean foods tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm like, no, it's just you got to shut down those thoughts. And just like, no, I enjoyed myself. Yes. It's fine. It's literally not going to make any difference to no how difference. I look. Nothing yeah. happens overnight. Like mm. you are fine, Tari. You are healthy. Yeah. It's rationalizing you do, your thoughts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You just, I just, I just have to keep practicing those, shutting down those thoughts because I've, I've felt like this for, I've built these habits for over 10 years now. Yeah. Like to break these habits are so hard and that's what I'm Yeah still trying to do yeah I thought it would just happen overnight and it obviously doesn't Mm. like to break a habit is so hard so hard yeah especially one that I've done for so long yeah and that you fully like invested your time and energy into. yeah yeah very hard very hard um well on that note what a amazing conversation thank you so much for being so open you're um, welcome. I think it will really help a lot of people um, to see where you've, you know, come from and where you're still coming from. So thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. I hope it made sense. It, it totally did. <laughs> no, it totally made honest. sense. I loved it. <laughs> oh, All right. I'll talk thanks, to you soon. Marina. Thank Bye. you. Oh my gosh, what a conversation. So much to unpack, uh, so much that she shared, and I'm so grateful that I got to hear um, all of, you know, really all of what she's been through. I did want to reiterate the importance of honing in on how Tara perceives herself and It's basically using like a different lens compared to what she uses for everyone else. So when she was describing her experience in her body and using the term fat or, you know, being too overweight for a size, this is purely how she can express just how 
uncomfortable she was and is in her body and it's in no way a reflection of how she views other people in larger bodies as she mentioned. So these topics can be super difficult to navigate in terms of you know the language used um, just with how complex these experiences can be. Currently the term fat has been reclaimed and is used as a neutral descriptor uh, so used in a much more positive way. But since I come from a place of thin privilege, I do choose to use the term larger bodies or higher weight bodies um, until until told otherwise. Thank you for listening to another episode of Unpopular Opinion. I'll be back next week. Yeah, 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 yeah.